Welcome to the Living Rock Podcast. This is what I'd like to talk about this morning, is Philadelphia, the original Philadelphia. And, um, you know, uh, this morning, really, I I wanted us to spend time fellowshipping together and and spending time together. And, And that's why we came in this morning and there was tea and there was coffee and pastries and because because our time together, it says in, this, in Acts 2, they devoted themselves to, yeah. and one of the first things they devoted themselves to was fellowship. Yeah. They devoted themselves to being together, spending time together. That's what they gave themselves to, and we talk about that a lot, and we do that after the gatherings, we do that in our homes. I know we do that during the week, but it's just really good to start that way this morning, that we just spent time talking and, and, and enjoying one another's company, because God has brought us into something that we can really enjoy together. And, uh, you know, in, in Romans, we've just really enjoyed looking uh, at all the, the various aspects of, uh, of truth about who we are and what Jesus has done and what God has done. And, and as I start looking in the Word at, at certain words, I really get intrigued by words that are only used once in Scripture. I just think, in the whole Bible, all these books written over all these years, and then some words are just used once. And I find those words intriguing. I, I love that. There was a thing called Google Whack, which is where you have to put two things into Google, and they have to be two real words. You can't buy for them. You have to have one hit on the internet, and that's called a Google Whack. And anybody heard of that? Or is that just me? Dave Gorman did something about it. Anyway, there's something intriguing about something that appears just the once, and and this word, Philadelphia, is one of those words. Yeah. Just appears once, and it appears in Romans 12. And, and you know, in, in, in the book of Romans, there are lots of words that appear lots of times, and they appear in lots of other parts, of the, particularly in the New Testament. So the Spirit is mentioned well over 30 times in Romans, and directly referring to the Holy Spirit 26 times. In 16 chapters, the Holy Spirit was referred to almost twice a chapter, the, the pneuma, the, the Holy Spirit. He's so vitally important in our lives. We can't do anything without him. Love is mentioned, agape love is mentioned at least nine times. Being free or being set free um, or being delivered, if you like. That that same word is used four times, twice in Romans 6 and twice in Romans 8. The word power is used seven times, dunamis. And then there are these one-off words, and there's three one-off words I'd like to look at today, but... Two of them are in Romans. One is Philostorgus, and the other is Philadelphia. Could you say Philostorgus with me? Philostorgus. I think Joe Burt might have gone to school with a Philostorgus. It sounds like quite an Irish name, doesn't it? But, and then there's Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Lovely. So here we go. The original Philadelphia is always fresh. And this is family-sized. We're going to talk about it. It's in Romans 12, verse 10. Serving suggestion? You have to say generous dollops with me. (laughs) Generous dollops of Philadelphia. Contains only supernatural ingredients, and it's 100% agape. So that's good, isn't it? So what I'd like us to do is look at this word and sort of get towards this word. But but one of the things that I love about Romans is is the emphasis that we have on our freedom in Christ. That Christ has set us free that all of a sudden we realize that in Christ, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid the price for our sins, he took on sickness, defeated death, 
rose in glory, ascended in glory to the Father as the all-victorious, resurrected Savior of the entire universe, cosmos, and everything else, and sat in honor at the right hand of the Father. And the gates of heaven opened as the King of glory ascended into heaven. And all of heaven went just full-on celebration. He's done it. Jesus has done it. The King of glory is coming in. Lift up ancient heads. Lift up you ancient doors. The King of glory is coming. And there Jesus came in glorious victory. The Son, who was spirit before he became flesh, limited himself to become a man. Although fully God, laid aside his divine privileges, lived by the power of the Holy Spirit, never sinned, died on the cross, the perfect man, paid the price for all imperfect humanity. And then God raised him by the Spirit. And not only that, but elevated him and sat him right next to himself in glory in heaven. And then the Father and the Son sent the Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit is the one person of the Godhead who's moving and ministering in the earth fully and perfectly representing the heart and the plan of the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit has come. And he's here right now. The Holy Spirit is here right now. How do I know that? Because I know there's a lot of Spirit-filled people in this room right now. Not just because God is everywhere, not just because the Spirit is everywhere, but I know that the Spirit is in you. And the Spirit is in me. The Spirit is here in us. I've already heard that this morning. The Holy Spirit is in us. And therefore, as those who've received the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead and seated him in authority in the heavenly realms happens to be living in you and I, then we are a powerful people. We're not victims of circumstance. We're not slaves to our appetites. We're not held back by past sins, past failures, past hurts. Those things are real. Those things are legitimate. But we've been set free from those things and brought into the power to live as more than conquerors. That's what I read in Romans. Does anybody pick that one up in Romans 8? Victory, overwhelming victory is ours, it says in the New Living Translation. Other versions say, you are more than a conqueror. Why? Because Jesus is with you. Jesus is in you by his Holy Spirit, he's in me. And therefore, not only am I, have the Holy Spirit in me, not only have I known and experienced the love of God, not only am I free and I've received power, but it means then I have power to live in a way that pleases God. Yeah. And time and again, there's this, these, these phrases, let, dot, 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 or do not let, dot, dot, dot. And they appear quite a lot in the book of Romans. Romans 6, 12 to 13 says, do not let. What does that mean? If Paul can say to us, do not let, what does that mean? It means we have a choice. And, and here's the thing. Before we were saved, we didn't have a choice. But now he's saying this. Do not let sin control the way you live. That means now I have a power within me to not let sin control my life. Do not give in to sinful desires. Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. 
I love those verses. We have the power to not let sin, and we have the power to let other things happen because of what Jesus has done for us. And I want to say this to you this morning. We are loved, we are blessed, and we are free. Isn't that amazing? Isn't it great to be loved? It's a, it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing when you, when you, you meet somebody, um, when, you, when you're single, and, and then that person not only likes you, but they actually love you. And they get to know you, and they, they know some of your flaws and your failings and your foibles and all the other bad things that begin with F, but they still love you. It's a wonderful thing to be loved, isn't it? And that's just in a, in a human relationship. But, but, the, but God, the God of heaven, the eternal one, loves us. He loves you. But he loves you not just so that you can feel really good about yourself and feel loved, but he loves you so that you too can love. He's blessed us. He's given us his own spirit. Like, if that was all, all God did for us in our lives, but just fill us with his Holy Spirit... If I didn't have a wonderful house, a wonderful family, my family comes before my house, by the way. I don't know why I said house first. (laughs) Have wonderful friends, wonderful family. All the trappings that we have, we are so blessed in lots of material ways. But the blessing of the Holy Spirit to live in us and be with us constantly, no matter what's happening, good, bad, or indifferent, is a, the greatest blessing of all. But it's not just so that I can go, um, 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 I'm so blessed. <laughs> and sort of wobble around as this ever-increasing blessed mass until I go to glory. But it's that I'm blessed so that I can be a blessing. I'm loved so that I can love. I'm blessed so that I can bless. And I'm free so that I can bring freedom. That my freedom is it's not really entirely for my benefit. It, it is for my benefit. But it's so much more than that. It's so that I can bring others into freedom. And it means that my freedom means that sometimes I choose not to please myself. Because actually, I have a choice now not to do that. Because I'm free. I don't have to let sin control me. I can be free to be a blessing to others, to bring freedom to others because of what Jesus has done in me. Isn't that great news? And so I started to look at the kind of the lets and the not lets, you know, and the do not lets. And the Amplified is the best version for that because the Amplified loves to throw in as many words as possible just so it's really amplified. But there's this, <laughs> this phrase is Romans uh, 13, 12 Let us drop away the works and deeds of darkness and put on the full armor of light. Isn't that a great thing? Drop the dirty rags and put on the armor of light. Romans 13, 13, the next verse. Let us live and conduct ourselves honorably. We actually have a choice and an an ability to do that. Romans 14, 3. Let not him who eats look down or despise him who abstains. Romans 14, 13, let us no more criticize and blame and pass judgment on one another. Romans 14, 15, do not let what you eat hurt or cause the ruin for one for whom Christ has died. Paul is right and he says, yes, you're free. And and live in line with your conscience as you walk in step with the Spirit and you know what God is saying through His Word. You live in line with your conscience, never violate your conscience. But if what you're doing happens to violate your brother's or sister's conscience, don't try and impose your freedom on them because it could cause them to fall into sin. 
but instead say, I'm free, but I'm going to be free not to do that right now. Because it's better for them that I don't do that. Paul is saying that's, that's a, a not letting, that's a letting, that's a, that's a loving one another in a, very, in a very special way, in a very practical way. Romans 14, 19, let us then, listen to this, please. Romans 14, 19. So let us then definitely aim for and eagerly pursue what makes for harmony and mutual upbuilding. Isn't that great? Let us definitely aim for and eagerly pursue what makes for harmony and mutual upbuilding of one another. Romans 15, 2, let each one of us make it a practice to please his neighbor for good and for true welfare to edify him. I love those verses. And then in Romans 12, verse 1, and we've heard Mike did a great job on sharing from Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, and, and Rich P talked about it in the, in the mind and did a great job sharing from there as well. And, and Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, was I think it was the first verses I ever preached my first sermon on. And I, I remember reading these verses and just thinking, wow, there's so much in here to, to unpack. It's just, a, it's just a rich verse. And Paul says, therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. And in verse 6, it says, in his grace, God has done, given us special gifts. And I love the fact, verse 1 is about God's mercy and verse 6 is about God's grace. And in it all, we know we have undeserved forgiveness, God's mercy, and we have his undeserved favor, his grace. And it's in the light of those things that God lets us do things. In Romans 12, verse 6, he says, Having gifts, let us use them. If prophecy, let him prophesy. If practical, serve him, let him give to serving. To him who contributes, let him do it with simplicity and liberty. All of those verses are there in Romans 6. Can I say this, please? God has given so many gifts in this room. Could you have a little look around, please? I know we've chatted today, so this shouldn't be too weird. I always get you to look at each other, and I'm really sorry. But in this room are all sorts of gifts. And there's nobody in this room that doesn't have a gift. Not one person in this room is ungifted. And there's a rich variety of gifts in this room. There's a, there are people who have the same gifts, but they'll be expressed in very different ways. And that's the diversity and the wonderful creativity of our God. You know, just because your gift is like somebody else's, don't ever think, oh, but this, this gift is so much, so much better than my gift. Just be yourself. And that as we recognize, Lord, I've received your undeserved forgiveness because of what Jesus has done for me. And not only that, now you've given me undeserved favor. And this gift that you've given me, this grace, Lord, I'm, I'm not going to hold on to it. I'm going to use it for the benefit of those around me because you've brought me into something far bigger than just myself. And I just want to encourage you here today, if you know there are gifts that you're not yet giving yourselves to moving in, please don't hold back. We need you. This body needs you. My little finger finally decided that it doesn't really, it's not as good as the thumb anymore and it's just going to pack up. It spends its whole time just doing nothing. It'll be very unwieldy. It'll start snagging on things. It'll pull jumpers and it'll catch in doors and poke people in the eye and it needs to just join in with everyone else. Play its part. We all have gifts. And, and, and I just want to share these verses in Romans 12, verses 9 and 10 in particular. Romans 12, 9 and 10, and, and that's where we'll 
I'll be just for the next sort of 10 minutes. It just says this, um, in the, in the um, Amplified Version, it starts by saying, let your love be sincere. Can you see that let again? Yeah. Let your love be sincere. I think I'll put it in brackets up there because it's not part of the New Living Translation Version. And I've put in bold and uh, the, the, the uh, Greek words. Don't just pretend to love others. <laughs> I really like that. Don't, don't try and fake love. Yeah. Really, really really agape them, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Love or philostorgus each other with genuine affection, and that genuine affection is Philadelphia. And take delight in honoring each other. Verse 11, never be lazy. In, uh, sorry, never be lazy, but work hard in serving the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be eager to practice hospitality. I just love those verses. I was so blessed by our prayers this morning and last week. There's, there's, a, there's a faith in the room when we're praying at the moment that we've got to be aware of. God is doing something in, in our prayers at this time that we need to, to really be switched on to. And, and I love the fact that each person that came and prayed this week and last week, they came and they brought it in their own way. And we could all amen it together. There's such a faith in the room. And you know, in this, this sense of really loving one another, I just want to say this. I really already see this among us. What I'm talking about today, I see expressed in the life of this church every day. I have the wonderful privilege of being able to talk to different people, talk to lots of different people, get lots of insights. And I I just want to say how blessed I am by the way that as we as a body look after one another. I'm just so blessed by it. I'm I'm sometimes a bit embarrassed by the amount of care that other people give to people when I've not discharged it myself. Sometimes I feel a bit like that. I feel like, oh, maybe I should have done that. And then the Holy Spirit says, no, that's their job. But it's happening in all sorts of different places. And I want to commend you. I want to commend you for your generosity. The financial gifts that people give. The times when I've been asked to give something on somebody else's behalf without the other person knowing who it's come from because they know somebody's in need and they want to bless them and they don't want to receive credit. They just want to bless them. What a privilege to play a part in that role. I'm just the middleman. The, the way that people spend time together, the way that people practically support one another, the amount of communication and contact that goes on between people during the week and, and the time and conversations and the investment that I know we put into one another, the helping with house moves, the helping with meals or ironing or practical jobs or giving lifts or, or prayer support. You know, somebody came to me recently and, and they commented about how faithful their group was, their, their home group, in praying for them. Even when they almost felt like, I don't want you to pray for me anymore, the group kept on praying. And he said he felt like the guy who was lowered down by his friends, the paralyzed man who was lowered down by his friends to the feet of Jesus. They dug a big hole in in the roof. They carried him up to the top, dug a hole and lowered him down before Jesus. I felt like that man. And he'd known a breakthrough in his health because of it, because of the faithfulness of those around him. That's us. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir this morning, and it's great. But I just want to say, you know, as we continue to do this, we can only live right when we love right. We can only truly live right when we love right. 
And that when we are full of God's love, then the inevitability of that is that we will live right. Jesus says, if you want to fulfill the law and all the commandments, what do we need to do? Love your neighbor as yourself. If you want to fulfill all the law and all the commandments, if you want to live right, love. Romans 5 verse 5 says, For we know how dearly God loved us because he has given us his Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. The Holy Spirit has been sent to fill your hearts with God's love, not just so that you feel loved, but so that you're able to love the way that God loves. Isn't that an amazing power that we've been given? Dear friends, John says in 1 4 verse 7, dear friends, or a better translation, beloved, as those who are loved. What does he say? Let us continue to love one another. How? Because love comes from trying really, really hard. Because love comes from using the mantra, I really, really love you. I really, really love you. Even though I don't feel it, I really, really love you. And if you say it 17 times, you love that person. No. He says, you can love one another because love comes from God. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says, I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. We've received the agape love of God, the unconditional, unfailing, covenantal, determined to stay with you through thick and thin. God has decided to love you. He's decided to love me and he's never going to change his mind. That is the love that God has for us. And that is the the love that God puts into our hearts by his Holy Spirit so that we can love one another in that same way. And as a result of that, from that love, that agape love, we don't just pretend to love, but we really agape, that from that comes philostorgus. Can you say philostorgus, please, one more time? Philostorgus. That word philostorgus, it means family love. It's the love that a parent will have for a child. If there are any parents in the room, you'll know this about your, your, your heart towards your child. You are devoted to them, particularly the mothers in the room, I have to say. The devotion of a mother is just exceptional. <laughs> and that's the love that is talking about, that, that we actually have this devotion towards one another. A sense of we're in the same family. How many parents here, when you've seen that your child is struggling, maybe with a sickness, that you would say, in a moment, I would put myself in their place. Or you see them facing a difficult situation, you think, I wish I could go through that for them. It's that devotion, that heart, that, that just utter devotion towards them, that agape produces this devotion. And it's, it's like agape is, is the trunk of the tree. And the, and the, the trunk of the tree is, 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 is fueled, if you like, and it's, and it's filled with energy from, the, from the, the, the roots that go down into God's love, into the Holy Spirit. And as we draw on the Holy Spirit and as we're filled with the Spirit of God, he produces in our lives an agape love. And that agape love branches out into devotion. And then that devotion reaches out to the very ends, to the very fringes, to the leaves and the blossoms on the end that produces Philadelphia, which is a, a cherishing of one another. Just this wonderful appreciation and and gladness of being joined together. And here's the thing, you can't get to Philadelphia without Philostorgus, and you can't get to Philostorgus without Agape, and you can't get to Agape without the Holy Spirit. 
And so we go back to the Spirit and we say, Spirit of God, fill me with your love. What's the first part of the fruit of the Spirit? Love. And he fills us with his agape. God's covenant love burns within us, starts to grow in our hearts, and and from it produces a devotion, the the familial love. And as that devotion continues and reaches out, it kind of finds this beautiful end. Have you seen the blossom trees at the moment? This beautiful blossoming on the end that's the Philadelphia, the cherishing care and appreciation and brotherly love that we have for one another. All comes from the Holy Spirit. It can't be based on common ground. It can't be based on shared interests, on similar visions, even similar beliefs. It can't be based on the stage of life or where we happen to live. It can't be based on passions and and convictions. Those things will never sustain us. And, And here's the thing. God wants us to be joined together on things far more important than those things. God wants to join us with people who have different ideas and different convictions and different personalities and different styles and different backgrounds and different stages of life. And he does that because he produces the love for one another by his Holy Spirit in us. So that the world looks at the church and the heavenly realms look at the church and they see the most diverse, random bunch of people that you could ever possibly put together and there's this wonderful, loving unity and agape and family and brotherly love expressed. And then the whole world and the whole heavenly realm say, wow, only God could do that. And that's the point. Only God can do that. So when we break in just a few minutes, can I encourage you to invest in that Philadelphia? Get to know people around you. Know that you're joined by the Holy Spirit. Know that the Holy Spirit is here to cause you to love one another, to know that you're part of a family, but let that family connection join into an expression of brotherly love, of cherishing one another, of of getting to know one another. In Galatians 5.13, it says, you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love, in agape. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. That word biting, the word dachno, literally means to bite the flesh. And it's used only once in the New Testament. Three words have been used once. Philostorgos, family love, Philadelphia, brotherly love, and dachno, biting. I went to the dentist a few years ago and I had a filling put in. Anybody had a filling? they inject you don't they to numb the gum if they're a good dentist they do anyway and the dentist did all the procedure and she said to me right Mr. Jones please don't eat anything for the next two to three hours and I'd gone to the dentist and I hadn't had anything to eat at that point and I'd gone for the the, uh, early afternoon appointment and then I thought there's no way I'm not going to be able to not eat for the next two to three I'm not even praying or fasting today I might pray a bit but And so about two hours went by, and I was like, right, i just got to eat. And so I went, and I got myself a pasty from Greg's, because I just believe that's what the Lord wanted for me. And (laughs) I started to eat this pasty, and it tasted so good, and I felt really good afterwards. But then about an hour later, I started to feel quite sore on the inside of my mouth. And I kind of moved my tongue around the inside of my mouth. I could feel all these bumps. And then as the day went on, it got more and more sore. And for about three days, I had these horrible... Sorry, I'm not going into too much detail here, aren't I? 
it was really sore. And I felt God say to me, you know why you were able to bite yourself? It's because there was no feeling there. You bit yourself because there was no feeling. But if you had feeling, you would have only bitten yourself once and then you just stopped. It's true though, isn't it? When you bite your lip or you bite the inst- you know straight away and you just stop. And here's the thing. There may be times in our expression of, of care and love for one another where we might bite. But if we love one another, we will stop straight away. And we'll put it right. We won't just keep chomping away like I was on that Greg's pasty, oblivious to what the damage that I'm doing to the body. But that one bite, because I know, because I'm feeling something, because there's love there, I will stop. And God wants us to know, you know, the, 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 the love that we have for one another will mean that we don't bite one another, or it will mean this. If we do bite, we'll stop straight away because we'll feel it, because we'll know something has happened here that's not good. We just need the Holy Spirit to help us. Lastly, I just want to say that welcome with open arms. This is Romans 14, verse 1 from the message. Welcome with open arms, fellow believers who don't see the things the way you do. And don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with. Even when it seems they are strong on opinions, but weak in the faith department. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. I love that. Remember, they have their own history to deal with. Treat them gently. You know, the, the Holy Spirit will help us. And I want to say, if you feel you just need a fresh love for those around you, go to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Say, Holy Spirit, Lord, I need you. I need your love. Pray for them. Pray for, the, for people around you. Spend time together. Talk to people. Make a point today of, of speaking with somebody you've not spoken to before or somebody you've not spoken to very much. Go in and finding out more about them. Learn about one another. Find the connections, find the life joints, find the places where there's shared common interests as well as the Holy Spirit being with us and in us. Use the time that we have to really meet with new people and just bless them. Amen? Amen. Just want to pray and then uh, Chris has got a couple of notices and then we'll, we'll break for more tea and coffee, I think. <laughs> yeah, Holy Spirit, I want to thank you that you're here with us right now. I want to thank you that you've come to fill us. You've come to fill us. That Jesus, in everything that you did, you saved us so that we could be filled with the Holy Spirit. That we could be baptized with the Holy Spirit and stay full. I just pray that today, as we've spent time together, I thank you for the love that we already have for one another. But Holy Spirit, I ask that you would deepen that love even more right now. Pray that you would cause there to be even greater appreciation of one another, a greater sense of joining together, a greater sense of care and devotion to one another, and that even as we talk together, there will be a fresh cherishing and, and, and love for one another, Lord, that will be expressed in this wonderful Philadelphia, this brotherly love that you've called us to enjoy as your family, Lord. So, Lord, we just commit our time to you, and we just pray that you'd bless our fellowship together from this point forward. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Search for us online and get information about upcoming events and more great teaching.